Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're in a series that we've entitled Ecclesia. Ecclesia is this Greek word that means church. Jesus said it this way, Matthew chapter 16, he said, I'm going to build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it, will not stop it. The church is going to be built. And so we're looking at that concept and idea, what is the church? What's this about? And we've been talking about the doctrine of the church. What do we believe? And why is that important? Here's why it's important. Because what you believe determines how you behave. Every action you take is because you have a belief about something. You think you're right. You think this is what needs to happen. So therefore you act. And so we're talking about the doctrine. What is it we believe? Because it matters in our lives. And what are the core beliefs of the church? What, what is it that really matters more than anything else? Now let me review just very quickly because we looked at two of them last week. Number one is God's word is reliable. We believe God's Word sets the pattern for our lives. God's Word is the truth. Now, please hear me. We live in a world, in a culture, that is trying to tell us what to believe. We live in a time when we are being told, this is how you should think about this. This is what you should believe about this. But you and I cannot follow that because what we believe is given to us through God's Word. God's Word determines what we believe. So therefore, it is reliable. It is without error. It is correct. It is the truth. So everything we believe comes from God's Word. We also talked about how God rules. Very simple. God's in charge. I'm not. God has the right to be in control. God is the, has the right to set the rules. God has the right to say right and wrong. God is worthy of our praise. God reigns. He created everything. He made everything. He controls everything. God rules. He's above all things. And so God's word, you can trust it because God is in control. He never lies and he's always right. Today, man has rebelled. You do understand, don't you, that within you is a rebellious nature. You want to do what you think is right. Now, here's the beauty of what God did. It also makes me wonder why he did it. God says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make you, and I'm going to let you have a free will. I'm going to give you the ability to choose. So you have a choice. You can choose to accept God's word and God's rulership in your life, or you can choose to do your own thing. It's your call, your choice. And he gave us that choice. Why? So that you and I could have a relationship with him. Because when God made us, he loves us. And what does God want? God wants us to love him in return, doesn't he? I mean, if you love someone, you want them to love you back, correct? And so God loves us, and he says, I want you to love me. Now, in order for us to love him, he has to give us a free will, because here's a fact of life. You can't make somebody love you. They have to choose to do it. 
Love is a choice. You choose whether or not you're going to love someone. And so God says, look, I love you so much. I want you to love me in return. I will give you the freedom to make that decision. And you will demonstrate your love for me by whether or not you're willing to let me be number one in your life. To let me be in control. And if you choose not to, that's your choice. But I love you anyway. So you have this choice. Now the problem is, we don't want God to rule. We want to rule. We want to be in charge. We don't want people telling us what to do. We want what we want, not what God wants. We think our way is right. We question God. We doubt it. Why do you say to do this? I don't agree with that God. Your Bible says this. The Word says this. I'm not sure I like that. And we go our own way. Because we are not basically good in spite of what the world tells us. We are basically bad. And we're bad to the bone. Okay? We're, 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 there's not, we're not good. Isaiah chapter 53. All of us, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him, Jesus, the sins of us all. We have left God's way to go our own way. And so we're not basically good. Romans puts it this way. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We want what we want. Now here's the thing. From our perspective, Adam really didn't do anything evil. I mean, Adam didn't kill somebody. Adam didn't steal anything. Adam didn't hurt anybody. All Adam did was have a bite of fruit. That's it. That's all he did. And yet it was a grievous sin. Why? Simple reason. God said, don't do it. Well, <laughs> who's he? Ah, he's the guy in charge. He's the God who rules. He's the God who gets to establish right and wrong. He's in control. Well, what gives him the right to tell me what to do? Well, he made you. You're his. He loves you. And so all he did was simply eat a fruit that God said, don't eat. And in doing so, he broke God's rules, didn't he? He broke God's laws, God's command. And from God's perspective, now this is very important, any act of disobedience is sin and worthy of judgment. Not just the big ones. Anything that you and I do that goes against what God says to do is wrong and deserves to be judged. In this case, and in our case, what was the judgment? The judgment was, you're going to die. You're going to die. 
because there's always a penalty for sin, and the main penalty for sin is death. When you leave this earth and die, you do not die because of cancer or a heart problem or something else. You die because you sinned. So if you think you're a really good person, we'll see how long you live. If you think, well, I'm, I'm good, I'm not, there's nothing wrong, I haven't done anything bad, okay, we'll, we'll check back with you in 110 years. And if you're still around, maybe. Where did I come up with that one? Adam sinned, and when he did, sin entered the world. And Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. God gave him his word. Adam, don't do this. Adam, you can have the whole rule of the garden. I've likened it to this. God puts you in this room, let's say, and God says, look, I've got such a great word for you. You can go through all these doors here. You can do anything you want to do. I'll provide everything for you. I'll meet your every need. I'll give you your every desire. Everything you have, I'll give to you. You'll want for nothing. You can just enjoy it all. But I want one thing. Don't you go out that door right there. You cannot go behind that door. What would you do? I know. You're going to stand at that door, aren't you? Why did he say I can't go there? Who's he to tell me what to do? Why, why, what's he hiding from me? What's he holding out on me? And thus Satan says to them, God really didn't say that, did he? God really didn't mean that, did he? And you're not going to die. I mean, God's just afraid that you'll be like him that you'll be as smart as him. And you see, you and I think, who's God? What's his word telling me what to do? Sin is basically defined as lawlessness. In other words, there are no rules. I'll make my own. And thus we live in a time where it says you can do whatever you want, just don't hurt anybody, right? That's not what God says. Everyone wants to make their own rules. I want to do what I want. And I will do it. And every one of us in this room have at one point in our life, and not just one time, but many times, done what we've wanted and not what God wanted. Sin is a direct attack on God's holy character. Sin says, God doesn't rule, I do. I can do what I want, and no one's telling me what to do. And I know God wrote the Bible, but it's out of date. I think it should be like this now. Who do you think you are? Sin is anything we do that God wouldn't do. He does not compare us with each other. He compares us with himself. And being sinless means you're as good as God. 
And God's perfect, and we're not. And we live in a world that tells us, you're good. Oh, God loves you. A loving God would never send anyone to hell. A loving God would never do that. You're not a bad person. You're a good person. But when you read the Bible, you find out differently, don't you? We're all dirty, rotten sinners, aren't we? We're all egotists. We all think we know what's best. Well, I don't know more than God, but I do know more than you. (laughs) Who made you God? Who put you over everybody else? And what does sin do? Sin separates us from God. When Adam and Eve sinned, they immediately, the Bible tells us, our eyes were opened. And what did they do when God showed up a little later? They hid from him. They hid from him. Well, we, we did this. God goes, I know. I know. And what does sin cause you to do? To hide from God. You know deep down inside that it's not right. But you want to do what you want. No matter what, no matter who it hurts. Because after all, I know what's best. I know what's right. And so what do we do? Because we want our way, we diminish God's word, the Bible, don't we? Well, it doesn't say that. I don't agree with that. I don't like that. I I, I think some of it's good, but other parts of it are. You don't get to pick and choose. And we don't want anybody bossing us around telling us what to do. We want to do what we want. And so, what do we believe? God's word is correct. It gives us the rules for how to live. It's the guideline for life. Because God's in charge, and God has a right to set the standards for how you and I behave. And by and large, you and I are rebels at heart, and we want to do what we want. We don't want God telling us what to do. Oh, I, I, I love God, but I want to do what I want. That's like me saying, I love my wife, but I want to act however I please. How many of you understand that wouldn't go over well? No. Not the way it works, is it? But yet, we ruin relationships because we want our own way, don't we? And we ruin our relationship with God because we want to do what we want. And we fudge on the rules and change the rules and think we have a right to do all of that because we're rebellious at heart. So that sin that came that we all have done separates us from God. God says, look, I love you. I don't want you separated from me. So what does he do? He sends his son, Jesus Christ, because Jesus is the only recourse for sin. Jesus is not just another good guy. He is God incarnate. And thus, we have a saying here that our culture tells us, oh, look, there are many ways to God. Yeah, maybe you're this way or that way, but, you know, you can get to God this way. You can be good. You can believe this. You can believe this. I mean, who's to say there's just one God? There's a lot of gods out there, and there's a lot of ways to him. And yet the Bible tells us something different. The Bible tells us from Jesus' own words about himself, he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one 
can come to the Father except through me. There are not many ways to be saved. There's only one way. And Jesus Christ is that way. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Peter's speaking. He says, there is salvation in no one else, speaking about Jesus. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Only way. God says, look, I love you. I want you to come to me, but I'll provide a way for you to get it close to me. I'll send my son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, I'm the way. Now, either Jesus is who he says he is, or he's the greatest deceiver who ever lived. Any religion that says there's another way to heaven other than through Jesus Christ is a false religion. It's not the church Jesus Christ is building, and I've just eliminated most of the world's religions. That's what sets us apart. That's what makes it different. There aren't many ways to God. There's only one. Man isn't basically good. We're sinners. We need some help. And the only help that we have available to us to, re- to remedy sin is Jesus Christ. Because God is holy, and he cannot dwell in the presence of sinners unless they've been cleansed by the blood. Now, let me just kind of make this a little more practical to you. We are entering flu season, correct? So you're getting pressure to get a flu shot, aren't you? Now, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just saying that's the way it works. You know, you're going to hear that, aren't you? And yet when somebody, you go to work tomorrow, and somebody shows up coughing and sneezing and blowing their nose all the time, what do you want to happen? You want them to go home. Don't give that to me. And you see, when we get around something we don't want, what do we want to do? We stay away from it, don't we? That's what sin does to us with God. It separates us. We're sinners. He's perfect. The two cannot mix. And so, God loves you so much that he did everything he can to restore us. When Adam and Eve sinned, what's the first thing God did? It says he brought animal skins to cover them. Those skins represent a sacrifice that was made to cover their sins. And God cannot be around sin because he is holy. So Jesus purchased us and purchased freedom for us through his death on the cross. It's an act of love. It's an act of God saying, I know you rebelled against me. I know you kind of spit in my face. I know you don't want anybody telling you what to do, but I love you and I just want you to love me back. So I'm going to do everything I can so that you and I can still have a relationship. Romans 3.24, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are under, are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life shedding his blood. You see that? That's what the Bible says. There is no other way. This sacrifice 
shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. He was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. It matters what you believe. Jesus is the only way to God. And God says, I will send a sacrifice because the only way for sin to be dealt with is through blood. I don't understand that, but it's God's rules. And his blood was sufficient to cleanse us from all our sins. And he died for us. And if we will believe in him, he takes our sins and put them as far as the east is from the west so that we can have a right relationship with God. That's what we believe. Colossians chapter 1 verse 19, God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through him God reconciled everything to himself and he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Well, there it is, Pastor. He said, everybody, he's done that for everyone. He has. But the only ones who receive what God has provided is those who believe. And so we come to that place of salvation is what we call that. I believe in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. I believe I'm a sinner. I believe I've broken God's rules. I believe I've done something that is going against what God. Oh, it wasn't a big thing. I didn't hurt anybody. I didn't murder anyone. I, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't steal. Just a little fruit. It's still sin. So what does salvation involve? What does it mean to be saved? That's really what it all boils down to. Salvation. Number one, I recognize my sin. I'm honest enough with myself and with God to say to God, I have broken your rules. I have done something in my life that I know you wouldn't do and you don't approve of and it's wrong, no matter what I think about it or no matter what everybody else says about it, I have sinned. 1 John 1.8 If we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we're calling God a liar and showing that his word, the Bible, has no place in our hearts. So I'm honest with myself, with God. God, I've done wrong. I've broken your rules. I've sinned. That's where it all starts. You and I being honest, not saying, well, you know what? I'll just get my act together a little bit better and then I'll come to God. No, no, no. God takes you as you are because you can't get your act together enough. I've sinned. I'm guilty. I've done it. Secondly, 
I receive the work of Jesus. I believe Jesus Christ died on a cross as the payment for my sin. I believe that the only way to God is through Jesus Christ because of what he did on a cross. Romans 4.25, he was handed over to die because of our sins. He was raised to life to make us right with God. God wants the relationship. You know, he died, he was raised to life. So now we have access to the Father. 1 Corinthians, I passed on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the Scriptures say. Well, the archaeologists say, don't care. Well, I was watching the History Channel and the National Geographic Channel, and they said, don't care. The Scriptures say. God's Word is the truth. He was buried, he was raised from the dead, and on the third day, just as the scriptures said, I receive what he did on my behalf. I'm a sinner. I can't be good enough to be accepted by God on my own. I believe Jesus died to deal with my sin, and I believe in him, and if I will admit my sin confess my sin, and believe in what Jesus Christ has done on a cross, the Bible says, I'll be saved. I'll be forgiven. When I come and ask God to forgive me and admit it because of what Jesus did, not because of me, he'll forgive me. And that brings me into right relationship with God. Then I live a righteous life. A righteous life. Now, make a little note under that word righteous so that you don't forget this. Not perfect. No one here is perfect. We still struggle with things, don't we? Why? Because we still have that old nature that's rebellious, don't we? We still have times when we do our own thing, don't we? But I will do everything within my power to live a life that pleases God. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. You also should consider yourselves dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Don't let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to its sinful desires. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, dead in your sins, but now you have new life, so use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. I cannot be good enough to earn salvation. I'm not doing what is right so I can be saved. I am saved and therefore I do what is right. I am saved because I have this relationship with God and I want to please Him more than anyone else. And when I fall, all I have to do is, God, I'm sorry, and get back up and keep going to do what's right. I keep progressing in that way because you and I do not live. Well, you got to believe in Jesus and then you've got to, ah, wrong answer. I just got to believe in Jesus. 
And I believe he forgave me of my sins because of what he did on a cross. And I love him. And I'm going to do everything I can to serve him and to please him. Not rules, but relationship. God wants a relationship with you. He didn't save you so you could follow all the rules. He saved you so that you would love him because he loves you. And he loves you more than you can imagine. And all he wants is your love in return. That comes through Jesus Christ. And then I'm responsible to reach others. You see, God loves you so much and loves people so much that once you receive him and live for him because you love him, he says, look, would you help me reach other people? There's a lot of people out there who don't know me and who are going their own way. And would you partner with me so that you and I together can increase the family so that we can make the body what it needs to be, so that we can build the church? Would you do everything within your power to do what you can so that people can come to know me because I love them and I don't want anyone to perish. I want everyone to be saved. Would you take my heart and make it your heart? And would you love others like I love you? That's a valid request, isn't it? You're waiting too long to answer that. Jude chapter 1 verse 20. You dear friends must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way you will keep yourself safe in God's love. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. We hate the sins. We do not hate the sinner. And so, I do everything I can to build my relationship with people because God loves people. And I love God. So what do we believe? God's word rules. God's word is right and reliable and you can count on it. And everything we believe comes from there because it's the truth. God is in charge. God rules and reigns over everything and he has the right to do so because he made it all. There is nothing we see that he has not made. And I'm a sinner. I have rebelled. I do my own thing and go my own way because I care more about me than I do God at times. But God loved me so much that he sent his son so that I could have a relationship with him because he loves me. And I want to love him. And I don't know where you're at today. But maybe you're here and you don't have that relationship with God. Maybe you're here and you've been trying to keep rules. You think, well, you know, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this. And yet you're not fulfilled when you do all of that. That's because those rules don't, doesn't make God love you more and doesn't 
accomplish what only Jesus Christ can accomplish. Do you love God? Are you willing to confess your sin? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? And are you willing to stop living for you and start living for God? And will you do everything you can so that others can know the great love of God that he has? And that when you serve him and follow him and honor him, life brings meaning and fulfillment because of the joy you have of being loved and having someone to truly love. So wherever you're at today, today would be a good day to once again establish maybe for the first time for you, Jesus, I'm guilty. Forgive me of my sins. I wanna serve you. I wanna follow you. And maybe you're here today and you've done that, but you've been trying to keep rules. Maybe you get a little judgmental even. And maybe you just say, God, would you just help me to love you? And if I'll love you, I will obey you out of love, not out of fear, but out of love. Would you bow your head and just take a moment just between you and God? Maybe you just need to thank him today for what he's done for you. Lord, today... We believe things the world does not believe. We believe that there's only one way to God. It's through Jesus Christ. We believe that we're not good by nature. We're evil. We're sinners. We're guilty. But we don't have to stay that way. Because you sent your son so that we could have life and live it to the full. Thank you today for what you've done for us because you love us. Thank you for demonstrating that love by allowing Jesus to give his life for me. Lord, I want you to rule in my heart and in my life today. Help me to stay faithful to what I believe. Help me not to water it down Help me not to change it because the world says something different. Help me not to try and get around it because it just seems too good to believe. Help me not to try and make it on my own because it just seems so hard. God, if I love you, I'll obey. So we thank you today for salvation that is ours because of Jesus Christ and the life that we can now live because our sins are forgiven and I am set free. And thank you for the freedom that I get to live in. In thy name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning.
Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.